Namaskaram. Om Triam Bakam Yajamahe Sugandim Pushtivardhanam Orvarukamiva Bandhanam Ritur Mukshya Mamrita Swaha. Welcome to Indra Seer, podcast for Vedic Ministry and Press, LLC. Check us out at vmapllc.info. This evening, I'm going to give you a real quick 11th hour evaluation of House Bill 220 in the state of New Hampshire, um, which is uh, unfortunately being supported by um, Health Freedom New Hampshire, according to their website. So I felt it was necessary to make sure that um, I gave you some information about it as uh, at least my opinion about it. Uh, So basically House Bill 220, which is coming up for discussion tomorrow with the Senate, um, with the Senate committee that's overseeing it, uh, is uh, essentially, it's a Trojan horse. Okay. Paragraph one, which was the original proposed language, if I recall correctly, sounds great. It says every person has the natural, essential, and inherent right to bodily integrity free from any threat or compulsion that the person accepts any medical intervention, including immunization. No person may be compelled to receive an unwanted medical intervention, including immunization. Sounds good. Sounds good. But they didn't stop there. Um, They amended it. And the amendments are the problem with it. They amended, they added paragraph two and paragraph three, which are essentially exemptions. Exemptions uh, for the application of paragraph one. So it says paragraph one shall not limit the commissioner's authority to order treatment pursuant to RSA 141C15 or RSA 141C18, nor to order quarantine pursuant to RSA 141C11 or RSA 141C18. I encourage you to go and look at those statutes, and I believe that that's those statutes alone and the commissioner's authority to order various things by itself especially in a situation a scenario like we have been experiencing with covid-19 completely undermines paragraph 1 completely undermines any protection especially for against the covid-19 vaccine in fact it not only undermines it, I would say that it further authenticates and validates and supports the possible claim by the governor and other agencies that the legislature has um, currently, presently, um, again, reasserted that those commissioners, that the commissioner has the right to do the things that it says in those statutes. So very concerning. Uh, item B, exemption B here, supersede the requirement for vaccination as a prerequisite for admission to a school or child care agency pursuant to RSA 141C20-A2. So basically, go ahead and read that RSA, and uh, they can prevent your children from going to school if you don't have a uh, if you don't have the vaccine or you don't have a valid exemption for the vaccine. So again. Um, you know, the moment that they make the COVID-19 vaccine um, mandated for children to go to school, all children, except for those, um, at least presently, but I'm sure that they'll probably be cutting in on this too. Presently, there are religious exemptions in the state of New Hampshire, but your children could be vaccinated with COVID-19 
uh, vaccine and otherwise not be permitted to go to school. So, you know, you got to wonder who makes these bills, right? Um, I, I don't really agree necessarily with the um, left end of the political spectrum, um, you know, calling privilege uh, on everything. But I will say that there appears to be a certain amount of privilege here where the people that have written this bill are completely out of touch with reality because the fact of the matter is is that exemption alone is going to lead to about 90% of the population being vaccinated for the COVID-19 vaccine if schools require it or the Department of Education requires it and in 20 years pretty much uh, we'll have you know several generations that have been vaccinated just by the fact that they've gone to school. Um, I think that that is morally repugnant. I think it's morally repugnant that vaccines are being, um, that school is being used to coerce vaccines in general, but especially with this piece of le- legislation of House Bill 220 that has the pretentious claim to be protecting, you know, uh, basically a uh, bodily integrity, uh, to have that, have that exemption is ridiculous. C, uh, paragraph one shall not supersede the involuntary emergency admission process pursuant to RSA 135 C 27 through 33, the revocation of conditional discharge processes under RSA 135 C 51 or involuntary treatment of patients compliant with RSA 135 C 57 three Roman numeral three. Um, Again, read those RSAs, and I I believe that when you do, you will see that paragraph one is meaningless, especially in the type of medical tyranny situation that we are presently in, which I have spoken about on other podcasts that is basically, uh, they have uh, basically not even done their due diligence to, um, to validate the, you know, the claims that they're making about this. Okay, so paragraph one shall not D, limit treatment authorized by a guardian over a person or short-term treatment of a person, personal safety emergency, Mm, whatever that is, huh? declared by a licensed physician or nurse practitioner in a psychiatric care setting or authorized by a surrogate decision maker or durable power of attorney for health care delegated by the person while competent to make decisions for them during periods when they are not competent pursuant to RSA 137-J. Okay, so basically, you know, if, uh, I mean, first of all, if there's a claim of a personal safety emergency declared by a licensed physician or nurse practitioner, um, basically, you know, maybe they in a psychiatric setting, so they think you're depressed, um, they think you're having an anxiety attack, um, they're ha- they think you're having a psychotic break, uh, well, then they might just go ahead and vaccinate you. Or they might go ahead and, you know, put some other type of unwanted medical intervention on you that, uh, you know, may be experimental, may have no, no, um, no evidence supporting its, um, you know, its usage, such as the masks or social distancing. So I think, again, that paragraph is very concerning. I would encourage you to read the RSA and look at that language and think about that language in terms of whether or not it undermines paragraph one, which I believe it does, 
and paragraph D is not necessary because I'm sure that given the fact that there seems to be ample laws to allow government to do anything that it pretty much wants to, I'm sure that there are um, several other statutes that would address um, situations where there was a personal safety emergency, but they feel it necessary to go in here and um, where you have bodily integrity, this uh, alleged statutory protection that they're trying to put through for bodily integrity, they just thought that they'd add that exemption. Not to be insensitive, but basically, you know, if you're mentally ill, you 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 may not have the right to bodily integrity. Um, so paragraph three, employers may only mandate medical treatment or immunization as a condition of employment when a direct threat exists as defined in 29 CFR 1630.2 R, a direct threat. Well, guess what? I think they've been, I've been hearing that word a lot during the COVID scenario. So I'm pretty sure that they'll come up with direct threat whenever they want to make sure that employers can mandate medical treatment or immunization. And right now, we're under, you know, I believe that we're considered under a direct threat. I think if you look at the February 4th, 2020 declaration made by the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services for the federal government in the United States of America, um, I believe that uh, I believe that that authenticates that we are in a direct threat. But look it up. So if we're in a direct threat currently, this statute will do nothing to protect you against mandated COVID-19 vaccinations or other vaccinations for variants that may come or any other um, medical treatment. Further, paragraph three goes on to say the Department of Corrections may mandate medical treatment or immunization for inmates when a direct threat exists as defined by 29 CFR 1630.2 R. To me, it reeks of Nazism. I'm sorry. So basically all they do, so uh, you're telling me that somebody that's already being punished because uh, they're they're being incarcerated, right? Um, and it actually doesn't even say that they have to be incarcerated. It says the Department of Corrections. So maybe somebody that's on, on parole, um, they can be forced to uh, endure a medical treatment or immunization. So let's say somebody's in there for... Something stupid like possession of marijuana, they could be subjected to mandated immunization or medical treatment. I think that that is ghastly. I think that is unconscionable. And uh, really what it says to me is that all the state has to do ultimately, even setting aside all the other paragraphs, all the statement, all the state would have to do ultimately is um, find a way to essentially incarcerate or arrest um, or have the Department of Corrections have uh, hold over whatever pop segment of the population that they wanted to immunize or force a medical treatment on and then declare a direct threat, which seems to be very easy these days. And then they can forcefully immunize. I think it's unconscionable. You know, I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, people in prison, people that are um, under the Department of Corrections, they, uh, especially a lot of people, especially conservatives, unfortunately, think that everybody that's under the Department of Corrections must be a pedophile or a mass murderer. That's not the case. Um, that's absolutely not the case. Um, so let's set aside those groups, though, okay? Because um, I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people cannot even start to discuss the humanity of those individuals, although I would say from a Rig Vedic standpoint, from the Rig Veda Samhita standpoint, um, even those people have the divine spark of life in them and should be treated with the greatest level of dignity that is possible to afford people that have committed such grievous um 
you know, crimes, uh, egregious crimes. But let's focus on the rest of the people that are not, um, you know, the most detestable, deplorable uh, criminals. Um, you know, really? So, you know, we think that we don't... You don't think that incarceration, separation fam- from family, potential, um, you know, undernutrition, um, uh, lack of medical treatment, um, other, you know, medical treatment um, for them of their choice. You don't think that that's all not a punishment enough? Um, lack of hygiene, um, you know, being subject to harassment and assault by fellow prisoners, other inmates, possible corrections officers. Okay. Um that's not enough of a punishment. So now on top of that, that the individuals can be subjected to a medical mandated medical treatment or immunization, which could result in their death, right? Immunization, this COVID-19 immunization is resulting in many people's deaths. You know, I I think that's, uh, I think that that's really unfortunate. And so House Bill 220 is coming up for hearing tomorrow on uh, April 14th with, um, the Health and Human Services, um, I believe the Senate Health and Human Services uh, Committee, and um, you know, r- read up on it, see what's see what's coming up, and um, you know, get educated on what the um, what your representatives and senators are hoping to impose on us as citizens of the state of New Hampshire. But um, it, it, in summary, House Bill Two Twenty is in contrast to the principles laid out in the Rig Veda Samhita um, and does not honor the bodily integrity, does not honor the, the, the soul, the spark of individuality, uh, the autonomy, um, the uniqueness and individuality of individuals. And um, I believe it's a Trojan horse. Thank you very much. Take care. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti.